Wait, 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 wait for it. No, that just sounds like someone's peeing. <laughs> I have gotten some Hendrix gin, which has been wrapped up because, as you know, I'm recording from my storage room. And so the packers, that when they packed the uh, the hard liquor, they taped up the top so it wouldn't like come out and spill. You had people pack stuff for you. Mm -hmm. How was that? Like, weren't you a little bit worried that they wouldn't do it right? No, I got that out of the way because the benefits of someone else doing it for you versus the headache. Of you doing it yourself, one greatly outweighs the other. What did you do while they were packing? I think we were busy doing other things, like we were uh, making sure all the logistics were set. It's actually very hands-on because they're they're doing it, one, they're doing it very quickly, and two, they're also marking all the boxes as to where it would go. So you have to be like, oh, this one's going to go into the, the new bedroom or like the new guest bedroom, and so they'll mark it off. But... Yeah, most of the time you're sort of there just watching that, you know, really. And but, mm. you know, and the thing is, like, they have a lot of questions, too. It's like, you know, should I take this apart or like, should I can I just stuff this mm. in with the others? I've only moved apartments once and I got yeah. some movers to do it. But never have I been so awkward. I was just like sitting around while they were carrying heavy boxes around. And I'm feeling guilty that I'm just like sitting there doing nothing. I cleaned the kitchen like three times. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just, get, I'll, I'll just help them carry stuff and we'll get this done quicker. <laughs> so I ended right. up paying them and then also carrying boxes as well. I think at some point, like you sort of had to just let go. I think, um, mm. well, first of all, they paid lots of money to, to do the packing. Were they paid on a per item basis? Heavens no. <laughs> How do they estimate the cost? So the guy comes in previously, like maybe, you know, like a month or two before the actual move. He does take a look at everything and sort of uh, calculates like how much boxes they'd need, um, how many people they'd need. What a job. Yeah. That must require really good spatial awareness. To yes. Like, oh, this needs to fit into a box this size. So I'll need five of those. And then, oh, I got this local dresser over here that'll need. Right. What got them, what really screwed them over were actually my board games. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need a bigger truck. Seriously. Um, in my previous basement, we actually had like hidden closets that contained all my board games. And so we showed them one and we we're like, oh, yeah, these are all filled with board games. And they're like, oh, OK, yeah, those are just like little boxes, though. Right. And we we're like, no, you should actually take a look. It's like, no, it's fine. We'll just get like about uh, seven closet boxes for those. And that should all fit. I was like, are you sure? Because, you know, these are big boxes. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's fine. I was like, OK. And the day of the move, um, definitely heard one of the movers say, this is never ending. <laughs> <laughs> How many does he have? How many does he need? <laughs> That's amazing. I think, yeah, you've definitely garnered a new level of respect in the board gaming community when your collection is described as never-ending. <laughs> is your poop story suitable for the podcast? We should find an another word that I can say in replace of that word. Hmm. So what is something that everyone does on a daily? Um, sometimes people <laughs> do it in the morning. Sometimes people do it at <laughs> night. But usually once a day, maybe twice. Drink coffee. Coffee time. Oh, I was seeing that too. <laughs> brew. Brew coffee. Right. <laughs> you know how everyone likes to brew coffee on the daily, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, everyone has their set patterns. Yeah. Some more flexible than others. Some more flexible than the others. And you have a little bit of variance, right? Every once in a while. It sort of seems like just my, my daughter just loves to brew coffee like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> what a fine age to be. Right. How old is she? 
She is almost two. Okay. So yeah, I don't think she really has a handle on when is the proper time to brew coffee and just how many times you should brewing. Just continuous, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, the uh, Mr. Coffee of <laughs> <laughs> exactly the Mr. Coffee of the baby world, and she uh, has been sick quite recently, and so has my son. And they've been sort of,、um, you know, pretty stressed out over the weekend. So I guess like that can contribute to you not having a consistent、um, brew time. Yeah, brewing schedule, right?、Mm, yeah, totally. So they were off for a couple of days, and then they both went to school. And then I picked them up, and I picked them up a little bit earlier than normal because I I kind of felt like they were they weren't、um, feeling too well. And usually they from the preschool they would send us a note like. Oh, you know, like my daughter has brewed coffee at this time and all that stuff. That's nice of them to keep a log. If you're gonna brew coffee, it's good to have that kind of information, especially as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> and because they weren't feeling too well, I decided that they should just have a hot bath together. That is relaxing. It is super relaxing, right? And you know, if you've been sick for a couple of days, a hot bath might be nice. Yeah. So put them both into the bath, and you know, they usually take a bath together. Like they're they're playing with their toys in there. Oh, so cute. So and all of a sudden, you know, you notice that you know my daughter is brewing coffee. No one else is noticing it. You know, she's just sort of frozen there, just brewing coffee. And I'm, I don't want to. I you know at this point, like you don't really want to shout or alarm anyone because God forbid that she won't brew coffee ever again.、Mm, I see. Like, isn't there a theory that you know if your kid falls over, it, it's like the reaction of the parents going ah. And shouting and being、oh、exactly that—that's the thing that makes them cry rather than、right. any pain associated with like banging their knee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's actually true. Maybe an internet myth. I, I think that's、sure. that's definitely a part of it. Like they they gauge your reaction to what's happening and then sort of empathize with that.、Mm. So it's always good to have like a cool, collected calm.、Right? Yeah, which I imagine you do have. Well, in certain occasions, I do. I do flip a switch every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> She just starts brewing coffee. I notice it because it's. <laughs> yeah, what is the nature of the coffee? Is it kind of coarsely ground or more of a fine ground? <laughs> Thankfully, it is the most coarsely ground coffee you could ever、okay. ask for. So it wasn't just like everywhere.、Mm. It was,、uh, yes. it was very visible. Like it was like a lot like the toys that were floating around. Right. <laughs> I calmly go to my son. Son, you should come out now. Bath time is over. He's like, why? Like why?、Um, <laughs> and I go,、uh, your sister is brewing coffee. <laughs> And he looks around, and as soon as he sort of sees a hint of it, he gets out very quickly. <laughs> but I sort of like hold him to not make a big scene,、mm. you know. And so he just gets out kind of easily. Okay. And then、uh, I, of course, have to like bring him to the other shower to, you know, disinfect him. And then I'm there back, and then she's obviously done brewing coffee now, and you know, sort of like <laughs> splashing around. <laughs> And I need to calmly just get her out and then move her over to the other bathroom again, and and then you're dealt with the aftermath, which is that was going to be my question. Yeah, like is there now a colander in the E household that <laughs> will never be used ever again? <laughs> no,、um, thankfully not.、Okay. I I used the almost an entire bottle of pine salt and disinfectant. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the nights.、Um, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you're in for a night two story, because my son peed on me while he was sleeping. That、okay. was that's the thing. 
asleep pee. That's impressive. He was very tired. So they've been really tired throughout this whole week because they've been sick. Mm. He went to bed and, you know, normally like they do pee before they go to bed. So it's fine. And he also did pee right before he went to bed. But then all of a sudden around like 1 a.m. He just starts crying. And we think like, okay, maybe he's having a bad dream. He won't really say anything. He's just sort of whining and crying. Mm. So I figure like, oh, he must be dreaming. Like this is him dreaming. And I can't like really wake him up and shake him out of it because you're not supposed to do that as well. And so I just sort of hold him and then say, hey, you know, like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong? Do you need to pee? And he's like, no, I don't need to pee. You know, like, very still closing his eyes and drowsy. And so I bring him over to my bed. And then he's still sort of crying. And I can tell that he's still asleep. But he's sort of moving around and, like, not really doing anything. But his movements is that of, you know, him needing to pee, which I'm like, oh, man, he must be dreaming that he needs to pee. Oh, or even dreaming that he is peeing. Right. But he just can't get started or something. So I go, do you need to pee? Like, come on, let's go pee. And then he's like, no, like he's still crying, like obviously still dreaming. And then finally he says he kind of wakes up by himself. And then he goes like, I think this is just like the moment where it's imminent. And he's like dad i gotta pee and so i grab him to carry him over to the restroom and sort of carrying him on like my belly area uh he's facing you yes (laughs) not facing away (laughs) not facing away he is a bigger child as well so Mm. like like, yeah i can't carry him like a cat you know like (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) i carry my daughter like a cat right as he says that i'm carrying him and that's when he pees on my chest Okay, nice. (laughs) It's not like just a little and then he wakes up and stops. It's just like full on. Okay. No holds barred. (laughs) No holds barred. And I, as soon as that started happening, like I didn't even bother to like move all the way to the bathroom. I just stopped in my tracks (laughs) and just let it happen. So your awesome new shower head has had a lot of work this week. <laughs> right. Well, I just realized I think we've created a beautiful document for the E household. And then perhaps <laughs> when your kids turn, you know, on their 18th birthday, you can give them this show. Well, let's move this show along. Yay. We've got some updates from last week's show. So you asked me to use b- Beside the Seaside. By the Seaside. As my alarm, um, which right. I did for two days. Okay. <laughs> there is one very big problem that I have with that alarm. And it's not necessarily the aggressiveness or lack mm-hmm. thereof. Like I did actually wake up, it worked as an alarm. The problem is it's got a melody. It just gets stuck in my head. Like I think like the first thing I hear in the morning is what gets stuck in my head. <laughs> so I'm then oh, I'm in the shower singing to myself. And then I'm I'm brewing coffee. Nope. I'm <laughs> actually brewing coffee. <laughs> I'm walking to the subway. Oh my god, it was so annoying. Um so no black ball. I cannot have like a musical alarm. No. It's a shame. Because a lot of times, like, when I do have another sound that's my alarm, and then someone else has it as their ringtone, it sort of causes, like, a post-traumatic shock (laughs) disorder symptom. Like, I'm, like, thrown into, like, some sort of weird flashback, and I panic for no reason. (laughs) Right. You're like, oh, what time? (laughs) But no one has ringtones anymore, I say, as a a sweeping generalization. Yeah. You're right. Uh, The other bit of updates we have was you gave me jelly beans. Yes. So it was really funny because I use like a um, 
a child's snack bag. I was looking at it. There's a very confusing illustration on. There seems to be a whale wearing a sweatband. Right. Shooting like, basketballs. And like sports, right? Yes. <laughs> sports like, whale. Right. Yes, I was bemused by that. So my wife was actually wondering, why does he have that little baggie of jelly beans? Is he going to take it to work? And then and then heard the podcast and then it all clicked together like oh, a puzzle. I see. Right. Yeah. Report on the jelly beans. Do you want to guess how many jelly beans I've eaten? It is a number <laughs> greater than zero. Either four or all. <laughs> uh, two. Oh... <laughs> Wait, which ones did you have? Um, I think a, a yellow one and then maybe a blue one. Okay. Um, I just realized they're kind of gross. <laughs> and it's not necessarily the flavor. Yeah. You just describe a jelly bean. Like, what the fuck is it? It's like this <laughs> weird, sweet, chewy goop in the middle surrounded mm. by a crispy shell. Oh my God, it's awful. Like, who invented this? <laughs> like, really, if you think about it, why is that at all pleasurable to eat? I don't understand. I think most candies suffer from that. If you were to look like, what right. the hell am I eating? Why is a gummy worm? Why is this even, why is this even a treat? Why is this a nice thing people think is great? Yeah. It's horrible. And then like it got stuck in my teeth mm. and it was way too sweet. Uh, and so I stopped eating them. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, the flavor, I guess, was good. I think it didn't taste like earwax or the color blue, but no. um, uh, just... Can, I just don't get candy, I guess. It's probably what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm a tough audience. Is there any sort of candy that you like? Well, funny you to say that. I mean, uh, chewing gum. Oh, right. I do like gum. Uh, it's the not British really kind. considered a candy, though. But it is also weird, if you think about it. Like, you're just chomping on this thing that never goes away. Right. And it cannot be destroyed <laughs> by human saliva. Or even nature, apparently. <laughs> or even nature, right. No, I think mm. I would probably choose to have a sandwich instead of candy. <laughs> only if they had like mini bite-sized sandwiches from like a bag well i might see that should be a thing <laughs> i guess combos might be <laughs> close yeah to that. combos are kind of gross though they are they are pretty gross too yeah maybe this is just a sign i'm getting older you know my palate mm. is getting more refined a lot of times like when people do get older they tend to enjoy like um sweets oh that's true now you mentioned it yeah my grandparents yeah. did have i think they developed a sweet tooth and would have like oh have some have some candies right. just around the house for themselves. Mm-hmm. That jar of Werther's Originals. <laughs> Butterscotch candy. Thankfully, they weren't that stereotypical. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm afraid I failed. But on the upside, my boyfriend has a crazy sweet tooth, so he's going to be ecstatic to find that there's a whole bag of jelly beans in the house. <laughs> and a suspicious whale animal zoo bag. <laughs> With a sports whale on the front. Yeah. Right. So that's two out of two recommendations that you did not like. Oh, actually, there's three out of three recommendations. I didn't oh, like. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what did I recommend? Uh, you recommended Framed, yeah. Yeah. Which I really wanted to like, but yep. it or it suffered from the problem your original recommendation had, which is yep. it just fucks with the sound and interferes. Uh, like I think you can almost get away with it. Like if you start the game, then flip back to Control mm. Center and... Play or launch pad or the fuck it is control center and then restart the podcast then go back to framed then you can play that level yeah but anytime there's any sound like a gunshot or something like that oh that's really dumb then it just jumps back in and interrupts your your show yeah oh i i wanted to like it mm. but unfortunately that floor is is a deal breaker yep 
Yep. Well, I have another recommendation later, so we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. I like oh, it. Oh, wait, no. I think we do this now. Oh, actually. You know, we are nothing if not freewheeling creatures <laughs> going wherever the wind takes us. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's live. <laughs> let's live crazily. We Even are having gin and wine That's right. at the same time. Yep. It, this this is really silly because like it came to me right after I recommended Framed, mm-hmm. and I think I I believe I even texted it to you. Oh yeah, and we're like, no, let's let's save it for the next one because um, but but I have forgotten what you told me. So right, so the game that I'm going to recommend is called uh, Lara Croft Go. She of Tomb Raider fame. Exactly. Oh okay. I they're still making Tomb Raider games. Yes, in Clearly. fact, wow. okay. they came out with one a couple of months ago, um, which is called The Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm. Um, they did a reboot a couple of years ago with like um, sort of a Christopher Nolan style Batman Begins origin story for Lara Croft. And it was just called Tomb Raider. Like that was it. It was a, a game, presumably. Yes, Just. it was on... Because uh, they didn't you know. make a movie, didn't they, like in the 2000s? Oh, those are absolutely horrible, though. Mm. Those are so bad. Okay, I think I remember watching the first one. So these reboots are actually really good. Um, it, it sort of started a whole new ultra-realism kind of uh, feel for Lara Croft and how she's just a um, a total badass in a more realistic way than previously. You know, she's no longer just a busty girl jumping around shooting guns yeah, like she has a purpose right oh well in that case i'm not sure i'm listening anymore <laughs> <laughs> but no no that's awesome that's good yeah she doesn't just you know show her chest for no reason there's always a purpose for showing her chest which makes it very very exciting no <laughs> it's good it's then, um yeah, it's, they've kind of caught up finally with the times and gone oh hang on a second <laughs> And the rise of the Tomb Raider is a continuation of that. But um, as they were doing that, um, there was also another series on the mobile scene that did these quasi board game type versions of uh, these games. So with the Lara Croft Go, um, the predecessor to that game was actually called Hitman Go. And it was really cool because I don't know if you know Hitman. Hitman is a... Uh, assassin style game where you have oh, to sneak okay. around a person assassinate people right yeah and it was really cool because like this mobile version of the game had very simplified controls but it still got that feel of you taking your time and sneaking around certain people but the the presentation of the game was like a board game it was like a nice little diorama mm, okay and um every time you moved a piece like all the other pieces would move and they kind of look like board game pieces so it's going off of that series, which is like sort of the Go series, meaning it's the mobile version. Okay, cool. Oh, and I'm looking at this now. Okay, so can I just get Hitman Go? Because that's only 99 cents, whereas Lara Croft Go is whole $4.99. Lara Croft Go is so much better, though. Well, if you tell me it's worth the four extra dollars, then mm. so be it. All right, I'm it, clicking it. It is. I'm tapping buy say. right now. And let me say, this is the most I've ever spent on an app, I think. Really? Have you bought IA Writer? No day one you know i'm not uh, yeah i'm not huge on mobile apps Mm. he says as a mobile app developer (laughs) (laughs) oh and it's also half a gig to download okay if the skype connection suddenly craps out then right that's because i'm downloading this giant game onto my phone okay cool thanks sam i will play that and i will will report back yeah were you playing any mobile games right now i am playing i mean not literally right now but well who knows 
So, I started this game uh, called Clash Royale. They're like Clash of the Clans. Yeah, it's it's so unfortunate because these are the same makers of Clash of Clans. But it's from a company called Supercell, which is, um, they apparently are killing it in the mobile game scene. And not for the best reasons. Like, they are super, um, they monetize every which way. Mm. You have to buy, like, in-game currency in order to get upgrades. It's very much like those type of games. Like, they kind of set the trend for, it's kind of like Farmville on crack. That's Mm. what Clash of Clans was. Right. But Clash Royale is a bit different. It's uh it actually plays a lot like a board game, but not really. So I don't know if you know of a game called Hearthstone. No. Uh, no, I don't think so, no. So Hearthstone is a game from Blizzard. Um it's sort of their take on Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can see a problem occurring here. <laughs> so, okay. So Magic the Gathering is a competitive card game. It's, okay. a, com- it's a collectible card game where um, there are different cards that have different values and you're essentially, each card is a monster. And at a given game, you assemble your cards into a deck of about 30 cards, I think, for Magic the Gathering. Maybe 60, up to 60. And because of the combination of the cards you have, you actually have to use tactics and the knowledge of the cards in order to beat your opponent, right? Okay, all right. Um, Hearthstone is kind of like that, but uh, much more simplified, I'd say, but it is more in-depth and more strategic. To make this short, Clash of Clans kind of builds on that, but in a much more simpler way. Okay. In a way that it's still competitive and you still have to do a little bit of deck building. But it also copies some elements from like uh, tower defense games, mm-hmm. right? And the cool part about this is actually it can make, um, it can be competitive, but casual at the same time. So each match lasts only about three minutes and you're playing other people. And uh, what's really cool also is that you can actually watch replays of other people and how they're playing. Um, so lots of really cool elements. Um it's surprisingly fun to play. The The monetization isn't as aggressive as I thought it would be. Like, you can still go pretty far without having to buy anything. The quality is just top-notch, which surprised me. Is that a game I might check out? Hell no. Let's just do the fucking magicians. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, wait. Let's infer nothing from my tone of voice. I am completely neutral. <coughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so let me explain. Yes, lead us in, Sam. So Ma- the Magicians is a show on the Sifi channel, <laughs> our beloved sci-fi channel. Yes. Right. You might have heard them from their previous show, which was big, called The Expanse. Someone showed me another article this week about how The Expanse is the greatest show on Earth in the last <laughs> decade. Someone, there was actually an article, it's on NPR as well. I was so irritated. Yeah. This is the best show in the last decade. Absolute like, bullshit. The fuck? Yeah, horseshit. That's pure horseshit. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, um, to be honest, like his skew was that it was more scientifically accurate. So for those parts, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like he's saying, like they try and do like the zero gravity stuff. Mm. There's like attention to detail scientifically that is pretty accurate-ish. 
So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then he did also mention that how great and complex the characters were. And that's when I was like, <laughs> uh, no. Right. So The Magicians is a show. And if I was going to summarize it, it's... Um, and we like nothing better on this show than to summarize things. Right. So let me try and make this quick. Um, it's about this guy. I think his name is Quentin something. Cold Water? Quentin Coldwater, yes. Um, if you don't already get the tone of the quality of characters with that name, <laughs> <laughs> then you are in for a treat. I think we should perhaps drop spoiler warnings now. I yes, guess. spoilers. Um, this is going to spoil the first two episodes of The Magicians. Yes, the first two episodes only though. So, <laughs> Right, yeah. you might have 10 more to watch or something like that. You lucky people. So The Magicians, it starts off with this guy in college or perhaps about to choose like a grad school in college, right? It's grad school, yes. And he is sort of on this, um, he seemed to have had a, a mental breakdown or some kind. He is a, a, a very socially awkward person who is, his head seems to be always in the books and of like this particular story. Mm-hmm. known in this world as the fillery stories yeah which is um if you think about like a a version of narnia mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be like that kind of book in this world and it's kind of written for kids and for some reason this guy quentin coldwater is really into the stories and just keeps reading them over and over to comfort himself and then it turns out that uh quentin has been selected uh, by a hidden society of magic uh, ablers or doers mm-hmm. um, to apply uh, for enrollment at the, oh, fuck, what is it, Break Bells? Break Bills, yeah. Break, Break Bills College or something mm-hmm. like that um, yeah. to study uh, the magics. And become a and, magician. And become a magician, uh, with this uh, overcasting theme of that, you know, he is someone that's needed because something bad is about to happen. Um, and obviously, uh, there's this sense of urgency that he... Uh, As a gift of some sort that is necessary to restore equilibrium to the magical world. I right. Guess. Yeah. And then it, be- it becomes quickly evident that um, there's like a light side and a dark side to, to the school and all the, the, the magic doers. Um, <laughs> you can't even bring yourself to call them magicians. I love yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's, it's really... Oh, okay. And, and meanwhile, um, Quentin Coldwater has a, a friend... Who oh, I don't even know what the mm. fuck her name is. No, for, for for a while I thought she was like his sister, but right. It's, I think you're the friends, or that is close friends, or like childhood friends. For some reason, she's also uh, entered into the application time of this the the Brick Bills school, mm-hmm. but for some reason she doesn't get in, and um, she takes that rejection to heart and tries to find a way into Brick Bills, but. Um, the thing about break bills is once you don't get in, you're supposed to like they they cast a spell on you so that you forget. But it didn't work on her, and she tries to find these other ways in, which leads her into uh, finding and us as a viewer discovering that there's this other dark side um, to the magic doers. Yeah, or at least they're an alternative. Right. 
It's still not of, right. Yeah, you yes, it's not clearly obvious that they are bad, but right. yeah, they're like a an outcast group of magicians. Right. Or people with magical abilities. Yes. So at the end of the first episode, I think, um, it's sort of a climactic end where uh the people that break bills, um, Quentin has quickly formed a small little party of random but oh so um I, would, I don't want to say typical. Um, but it is pretty typical. Yeah. Yeah. Typical band of um, miscreants, rascals. Yeah. yeah. Um, to cast a spell, and then the spell summons this this beast person. Mothman, I like to call him. Right. I'm not sure that's actually his name. Yeah, and then they call him Beast after that, which is kind of strange. Or The yeah. Beast. You know, and it turns out that Quentin almost gets kicked out of break bills. And then at the end of the second episode, I think it's just sort of a it's sort of like a second chance for him of coming back to school and setting things right. Because obviously, like the school, um, the people in the school have determined that he is needed for this bigger cause. And yeah. And so that is the brief ish summary of the first two episodes. Let us do the three by threes. I think of three good things about this. (laughs) Let's let's try. Let's give it a try. I think okay, yeah. that's the thing about the three by threes is that no matter what, we should we should still be able to come up with three examples. I quite like some of the the effects, the special effects they have during Quentin's sort of uh, initial interview with Break Bills. Mm-hmm. They kind of push his buttons and make him, you know, tap this this inner power he never knew he had, right. and he makes his deck of cards build a crazy house structure and he yep. kind of throws them up in the air and they become a tornado and then they build themselves into this crazy castle thing that was pretty cool that was pretty cool yeah that was neat i think um i i like i kind of like the pace it sometimes it did seem a little bit too fast and it seemed like they were skipping over things but I think I tend to like stories that move along rather than stories that drag. Even in the first two episodes, it seems like there was a lot of stuff that happened that moved the story forward rather than it just sort of dwelling in its own sort of self-congratulatory qualities, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of shows tend to do that. Like, oh, like we're so cool. We're in space and we have... <laughs> right. Sounds like we're talking about the expanse. <laughs> oh, oh shit, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess the the pacing, you know, the shit happened, they moved it along pretty quick. I think another one, like, you know, I do like the the mix of Harry Potter slash Narnia slash Twilight. I think, you know, if you were gonna find a formula to hit this audience, like that's a pretty good formula to try and blend together. For me, that was the had the opposite effect that I was like, there is nothing new here. This is literally a blend of those three. Right. I, I do also have that as my bad point. <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> I appreciate you trying to make that a good point. Yeah, I think perhaps for a certain audience like that is people craving more of those, right. of more Harry Potter, more Twilight. This could be a, a thing for them, a thing that captures their imagination. I don't yeah. Yeah. I am struggling to think of anything else good about it. <laughs> so I also did kind of like the fact that there is a um, equal weight to the to the sort of the break bill school, and then the other more uh, defunct 
school. Um, oh, the one that his friend ends up right. with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there's like an anti-establishment, <laughs> almost, mm-hmm. um, faction. Right. And it's almost, would be interesting. I was just trying to think of the analogy, like of, you know, if Harry Potter had that, I'm pretty sure in the Harry Potter world, if there are people learning magic without uh, proper supervision, and I thought that story mm. might also be cool, right? Yeah, so you're right. That was actually quite interesting. It is a nice counter, like a counterbalance to this idyllic. Well, no, right. idyllic was the word I'm looking for. This like very structured school type environment. You then get all these like scrappy band of outcasts doing yeah. stuff. So yeah, that was very hard for me to find those three good points. <laughs> well, I appreciate uh, and admire you for finding those. <laughs> so let's go on for the bad points. Edwin, do you want to start? Gosh, where to start? Um, uh, there's just nothing of interest. There's nothing new. It was lit. I, this was, this is Harry Potter, but it just starts a few years later. Right. It was painfully obvious that this is just based entirely on Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> it just seemed to be making money off the, like, oh, Harry Potter was, was successful. So let's just do the same thing again. But well, we'll make them a bit older. Totally. Uh, it just was so frustrating to me. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't even, like, a really good mix of it. Like, I get it. Like, if you want to copy Harry Potter, that's fine. But, you know, you have this really unique opportunity of using adults, right, who are in the cusp of, who are, like, uh, you know, full adults, like, not going through puberty or anything. Mm -hmm. And they are saying words like shit and asshole. Right, and there's some, like, sex and drinking. Yeah, (laughs) and the show. And, you know, like, you have this great opportunity to do that. But it seems like they all just did this stupid route of just trying to make it super cliche. But what's also surprising is that this is actually also based on a series of books, which to me is just baffling. Yeah. Do you know how many books there are in the seat? And they're like, is this a big no. um, series of books? Oh, it's a trilogy. Okay. Lev by Lev Grossman. Yeah. I mean, the even the name Magicians... <laughs> it's just awful it doesn't oh, like yes they are doing magic but unfortunately in in our world magicians has a meaning right <laughs> that it's someone that does illusions and is a performance artist <laughs> yeah. so calling people who perform magic magicians doesn't work and i realize that wizards is taken from harry potter so they can't use that but right yeah problematic calling it the magicians oh it's just uh yeah so I think they're one of my bad points that I wrote down was just "ugh" in all caps. <laughs> Quentin isn't is just irritating the whole time. Super irritating. So irritating. He's kind of got this like long lank hair, and he kind of slouches over. And you know, I kind of, I I kind of foresee him turning into the hero, but I feel like that's going to be such a long and slow, drawn out process. Everything from Harry Potter is just now a cliche and like yeah. you kind of you need to fight against it like the the very strict but oh she's got a heart of gold teacher the kind of tear away classmates the yeah. bookish Hermione oh but just, not even like good clichés like Hermione I would say is actually a pretty well-written character Oh I mean right in Harry Potter yes absolutely <laughs> but you can't just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, these are almost like 80s movies cliche that they just put into this, like, magic world. Oh, that could have been awesome if they did that. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> could have done, like, Brat Pack 
but it is it's like amazing but the nerdy girl who's really angry um but you know that she's gonna she's gonna quite possibly be his love interest you know it's just yeah and then they actually had the exact same scene from the expanse (laughs) oh no (laughs) in this show where it's Two people having sex floating oh, midair. Yes, yes, the uh, the anti gravity sex. Yes. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? They should just make a commercial of the Sci Fi Channel with all the sex scenes that they have of people floating in the air. <laughs> Actually, I have just thought of one other good thing that I quite like. It's kind of an extension of the good special effects, but the effects, the Mothman was kind yeah. of awesome like you can't see his face it's just right. this like blur of bugs swirling around yeah that was kind of cool that was kind of cool yeah i thought they just killed off the 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 dean right and i was like oh wow shit they just went and killed the dean but unfortunately it turns out in the second episode that oh no he's still alive and in hospital yep with his hands in boxes mm-hmm. for reasons i couldn't quite discern <laughs> they're magic boxes obviously magic bo- okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. healing him Coming from watching Broad City, which one of the pleasures of Broad City is playing location spotting right. in New York City. This is clearly not filmed in New York City and is so irritating. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, like they have Midtown Mental Hospital. <laughs> and from the window of Midtown Mental Hospital, you can see the Statue of Liberty. Right. Oh, we're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus, no. Right. Midtown Mental Hospital. That's like. <laughs> what does that even mean? That's not even a thing. First of all, I don't think you'd actually call a mental hospital a mental hospital. Right? Yeah. So yeah, like the geography is all just bullshit. The the it doesn't look it's like Vancouver it trying is. to be right. New York City. And I mean that's probably a nitpick. Like it's only if you live here or you spend a lot of time here, you'd probably notice that. But yep. that was still really jarring and I also found every single character super annoying. I don't think there yeah. was really one character that I thought had potential. <laughs> oh god, it's true. In terms of me investing my emotions into. Yeah, like perhaps the dean? Perhaps Maybe? the dean? Yeah, but then after <laughs> after the first episode I was like, "Oh fuck, they killed them off." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the dean probably had the most potential. Um I think they had such a they had an opportunity for like the sassy guy i don't even know his relationship but like this is the guy that just turns yeah. up and is sassy and smokes a cigarette right his uh, i guess uh, it's content sort of um like dorm brother right you know what this is this is a combination of harry potter narnia twilight and mean girls <laughs> but yeah in right. the worst way possible because yeah. <laughs> mean girls is actually a very good movie yeah like he could have been an interesting character right i mean he's obviously the plot device to explain things to quentin and hence the audience but i also feel like at the end of the second episode you almost feel like he is a a comic relief Mm, yes yeah right yeah yeah he's almost like the kind of the ron or in like the mean girls he's the he's the guy with the pink polo shirt that yeah yeah. like if he turns out to be gay that would not be at all surprising right Let's go to the future of this. Uh, there is no future. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I've done. <laughs> sorry, so, sorry, sci-fi. No, no chance. So I made the mistake of buying this season. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. Uh, now I'll tell you, I watched it on sci-fi.com. Uh, and like, 
holy hell, the ad load is ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Really painful. Um, and I was but... debating. Um, I asked a couple of people, hey, should I should I get this show? I'm planning to watch it. Is it good? Mm. And they were like, yeah, it takes a while to to get there. But like episode four, like it's really good. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I bought it. And after episode two, I don't even want to watch it to episode four. <laughs> Are we being like super negative, especially after you sent me that link to the expanse on mm. how it's critically acclaimed? Are we are we being very hard on these shows? I don't think so. I mean, yeah, because I feel like there's so much good television out there right now. We just aren't choosing to watch it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also that some of the shows that we usually watch are actually in hiatus or like off season. Yeah, we, I'm just waiting for Mindy Project to come back. Mm, that's another <laughs> show that I didn't get into. But no, I'm kind of kidding. <laughs> it's, it's pretty trashy. <laughs> so I think the thing is, you own it. I, I think you should perhaps try and get to episode four. Yeah, I think I think I sort of owe it to myself as well because I kind of do want to see what happens. Mm. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like I don't want to invest. My my emotions, like the way that I invest my emotions to Fitz and Simmons of oh. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, there's no one likable there. I mean, I found myself picking up my phone kind of like halfway through the second episode and that's right. never a good sign. There are other shows that we could be catch, catching up on. I have here in my show notes that the second half of the season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting up again. That is true. Yeah. Did you have you seen this week's episode? I haven't. I still oh, yeah. need to catch up. Um okay. I've been so busy with the the magicians and the expanse <laughs> that I had to oh, stop. God. Oh no. Watching Agents of Shield. I, I told you about this that I had to stop watching like you told me yeah. to finish the season of The Expanse and I was like, but I'm I'm like, you know, mm, really and I realized that's a mistake. <laughs> really digging Agents of Shield. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry that I may, I've made you sacrifice Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, cool. Well, maybe we'll revisit next week. Right. I think I can catch up. And Daredevil is back there next week as well. Yeah, Daredevil oh. is going to be back. Amazing. That's my weekend done. Yeah, this is super interesting because the whole season is going to be available. I guess there wasn't, there hasn't been a Netflix show previously. No, that's not true because previously like Daredevil and everything else was available on the get-go as well. But even that, I would I did watch over several weeks uh yeah so i'm i'm pretty excited about daredevil yeah me too i got watching a new web series okay new for me i think it's been around for a little while from buzzfeed of all places would you believe Mm. like there was some article that listed all the stuff that buzzfeed does and they it's crazy they like pump out like 80 videos a week they churn out podcasts there's a whole but like they are just this crazy machine of stuff that's yeah so creating content a lot of the podcast is actually on Spotify as well, which is crazy. One of the many, many pieces of content they've churned out is something called You Do You. Mm. And I can't figure out where I'm supposed to put the emphasis when I say that. But it's You Do You, as in Y-O-U, mm-hmm. D-O-Y-O-U. Um, focusing around four female friends, in told in like really short segments, like five, six minutes. Uh-huh. Seems like they've got a reasonable budget, like they had a fairly good green screen car driving scene huh that was only sort of noticeable it was green screen so like yeah they've got some some budget for this show uh i'm in episode six out of ten i think 
um so far kind of funny and and poignant as well mm. um so uh so yeah so while sam you have no time to check out web series this could be something else you don't watch <laughs> you know you know here's my observation on the catering which is what you've recommended me yeah the show you mentioned maybe a show or two ago right yeah. it's about the the two women who are cooking and one is um gastronomically challenged <laughs> it's one of those shows that you discover on your own and then you start watching and the momentum builds inside for you mm-hmm. and that's how you get the enjoyment of it which i think is one of the best ways to like discover something and enjoy it I think once the president is there, like, hey, you should watch this, it totally sets it up for uh, this strange type of expectation of humor. So I need to get to a point where I've kind of forgotten about it and I sort of rediscover it and I start watching it on my own again. Because mm, you've only watched one episode so far? Right. Okay. Um, and, I, and I liked it, but it was sort of, um, to me, it was like a sensible chuckle. Right, mm. and I also realized I sent you the wrong episode. Like I should, <laughs> like because on YouTube they're really not very well labeled. Like what's episode oh, one? Right. Whereas yeah. on the website, episode one is uh, they make Mexican food, and that's kind of where they set it all up, and they go to a farmer's market. That's kind of amazing. So yeah, that's I realize now that's probably the episode I should have sent because that kind of sets up the whole premise. Gotcha. Whereas I just dropped you in to one which was great, but yeah, with I think I'd probably watched a few by that time. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely still check it out because it's still on my list. Um, mm. We'll also check out the other one that you just mentioned from BuzzFeed. Yeah, I'll send you a link. So this week, we've also been listening to a podcast, Alice Isn't Dead, which is the latest or the very first uh, show out of Night Vale Presents, which is a sort of overarching umbrella for productions coming from the folks who make Welcome to Night Vale. Have oh. you heard Welcome to Night Vale before? I haven't. This was actually the first thing that I've heard from them. Have you heard Night Vale? Yeah, I've listened to a few shows. Like, it's this huge, crazy thing. Like, they've been doing the, the show, like, the mm. actual podcast, I think, for four years. They tour, like, three or four months of the year, like, this live show they have. Huh, interesting. There's a book has just come out um, in the last six months. So, yeah, they've built this huge brand or at least among certain people, at least. Not you, Sam. But they've built this huge <laughs> presence around uh, Welcome to Night Vale, which is a, it's a fictional podcast. So it's a fictional community radio show about this small town right. in the desert called Night Vale. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very surreal and creepy and fun hmm. and has kind of a huge cult following. And Alice Isn't Dead is kind of is in a similar vein. It's written by the same guy who writes Welcome to Night Vale. It is hotly anticipated. I think it's number one in the iTunes chart. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they released the first episode this week. That's cool. So I was like, hey, Sam, listen to this. It's kind of cool you come with no preconceived expectations. That's kind of awesome. Shall I attempt a summary? (laughs) Because... We spent so much time on the show summarizing things. Let's do it again. Rather than a summary, though... How about if we assume that the person has heard it? Mm, okay, I like that. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, you should. It's a 20-minute listen. Mm-hmm. It's a quick listen. Um, very entertaining. I'm just going to say that out right now. And think of it, I would almost position it as like an old-school radio show, but in podcast form. Mm, yes. 
Yeah, like radio drama, radio drama, right? Like there's uh, a bit of sound effects in the background. There's um, like actual composed music that goes along with it. Yeah, and I think this is perhaps an area of podcasting that's going to get mm. a lot more popular uh, right. in future. Because there's a few shows right now that are kind of bubbling up, mm-hmm. kind of thinking of um, Black Tapes or Limetown. Um, or The Message, which kind of got a lot of press last year. Hmm. Uh, similar thing. Like, it's all they're all pretty similar. It's like, kind of slightly creepy, not necessarily horror, but right. horror-esque. Kind of Twilight zone Yeah, Twilight zone stuff. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what people can do with, you know, taking the ideas from TV. So maybe like a sitcom or right. like a reality show yeah. in podcast form. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting kind of seeing what people can do with that which i think is super interesting because it used to be one of the most mainstream formats like in the 40s i'd say Mm, yeah absolutely yeah there used to be radio drama um and i feel that even like the bbc radio still have radio dramas yeah yeah it does yeah like there's a crazy long-running sitcom not sitcom there's a crazy long-running um soap opera right called the archers which has been going for like geez I want to say 40 years. That's insane. But that runs every day on BBC Radio 4. Yeah. Yeah, and they do like a 45-minute drama in the afternoons on weekdays on um, on uh, Radio 4. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I do miss Radio 4. I won't lie. <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about Alice Isn't Dead. One of the first things that really got to me was, um, I think, having it being in like this, I'm talking to you, I'm leaving a message. I'm leaving this message for you was super interesting. Mm. It's like a nice mix between, um, you know, like immediately I got the sense like, is she dead? Like, is this a a leftover recording that someone has found? Yeah, you got to definitely like the found footage, right? Possibility that's kind of almost one of the first things you think of. Yeah, or or is this like um, what truckers do when they're on the the radio, Mm. right? Is they do have like a network of CB radios. And they yep. just chat at each other with like their own call signs and stuff. It's almost like uh, a radio IRC chat. Yeah. Yeah, like who hasn't wanted to be in Smokey and the Bandit. Exactly. And it's kind of like that. Um, and you get that sense. Um, and I thought that was a, a really good way to start things off. It was super interesting. Like one of the things that also really got to me in the beginning was the production of it. Like you can tell it was really high quality from the get-go. Yeah, be sure to turn off any enhancements um, yeah putting that in air quotes like turn off smart speed probably do it at one times mm-hmm. playback don't do voice boost like this is like you want to listen to it unadulterated like they've right. gone to a lot of trouble to make it sound a certain way yep. and, and time things out and i think the way that um the script was written also was very very rhythmic when she sort of got into like these long descriptions of what she was describing um, it got to a point where it was repetitive, uh, repeating herself in like this really unique way. It was nice how the, oh, there's like uh, little sort of bursts of, yep. uh, of her talking on the CB radio and they were, they were switched around. Yeah. Like so the timeline get, was kind of swapped around. Yeah. So you'd get like a little snippet here, mm-hmm. snippet there. Um, uh, I wished there wasn't an audible ad. In yeah the episode <laughs> me too that was also one of my biggest things i understand why because like this they aren't doing this for free right 
and we are we get this awesome content for free and so you know they gotta make money and it's funny like in, in, on tv you would accept that like oh right they're having an ad break okay right that doesn't necessarily detract from the tv show yeah too much. but this is the first episode so i almost wish that they got they got through it before the show even started yeah like that, the first thing one of the first things you hear is an ad for audible well right, right at the top yeah of the and show. it's after like a cold start wasn't it or was it just the title being said and then it was the guy speaking i think that's a, yeah i'm doubting my own memories now but i think it right. was just like an opening uh or like a the title title read who was written by performed by gotcha but support there, for this show this show was made possible by audible.com right there was something really <laughs> weird about that though it was almost like it was it was in this tone it's like alice isn't dead is written by blah 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 and it's produced by blah 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 and it's all of a sudden like goes to and we're brought to you by audible audible is the person you know and it was this really strange thing of not only are you cutting me off right now um to talk about who produced this but then i then felt like i was cut off again by changing the way that you spoke about the ad i think in an ideal world you'd almost just jump straight into it and right not and it perhaps puts the audible ad at the end, do like a post roll thing. Right. Got to balance art and money. Right. Or <laughs> there's no good answer. I also feel like they could have t- just completely taken me away from the context, um, like the way Gimlet does, and play a completely mm. different type of music in the background. Yeah. And then get. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for this one, you were like, oh, I'm sort of in the mood, yeah. but oh, it's an ad. But um, yeah, right. that's Because really the background point. music was still continuing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, you think, and perhaps that would have would have worked better if they'd just gone, hey, you know what, fuck it. You're in an ad. This is a whole different mind space. Right. Though. You're in an ad, and then, you, oh, bam, you're back. And perhaps, yeah, perhaps you you would accept that. And right. it'd be less jarring, or like, oh, that seems odd. Yeah. But the music was excellent. Written and produced by Disapparition, and they do they also do the music for Welcome to Night Vale, gotcha. which is a lot of, like, ambient drone mm. kind of things. Um there's this awesome like three minutes of music right at the end yeah i really I like that <laughs> yeah it was like this yeah. really um off-putting beat as well it wasn't a steady beat it was sort of like this quite syncopated yeah and it and it to me it, i pictured like a zombie walking like shuffling sort of like mm-hmm. kind of like a shuffling walk right yeah i don't think i've just carried on listening to the end of a podcast for that long before mm-hmm. <laughs> I, a lot of promise i think there's going to be an episode every two weeks Gotcha. Uh, I think it's perhaps eight or ten episodes. I can't quite remember, but there was something really interesting at the end of it where he talks about the why did the chicken cross the road, and when he went into that like blurb of stuff, I thought that was really cool. Like it was sort of setting up his mindset for that episode. Like what did mm. I just hear? And like oh wow, this is it. Like this is, um, this is what's happening. It was like there was a point about. Like the orders being mixed around just from the way that he was speaking. Mm. And there was a sense of this laid back mayhem that was kind of going on in like the girl's mind, right? Yeah, I think that's also a little like a, a little nod to the style of Welcome to Night Vale. Gotcha. The show it has that. That's an awesome description. Uh, laid back mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what that show feels like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely worth a listen. The problem is. Welcome to Night Vale. I think it's been going for like three or four years. So yeah. it's really difficult to s- suggest where to start. Right. Unless you just start from the beginning. 
Well, that seems the obvious place, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, maybe, if these if these are yeah. like 10 to 20 minute episodes every two weeks, kind of seems manageable. I will I will look into it. I will not promise anything. Perhaps we just wrap with Ninja of the Week. Uh, do the jingle, Sam. Ninja of the Week. Bing. I don't know why that's so pleasing to me, but it is. It's great, though. You actually add uh, a... A bell to it, right? Yep, there is now an official, is this the show, <laughs> Bing. Ninja number, what are you up to now, five? This is ninja number five. Wow. Oh my god, colors, holy shit. <sighs> so, I think uh, when we last spoke, yes, I said that I'm going to attempt a more illustrative style. Oh, you did, yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten you said that, but yeah. Something like it would be on a New Yorker. Oh, and this really is that. Um, so I'm trying my hand at something like this. Um, I think the shading is all off still. So is this still done on your Wacom tablet? Yes. So I'm definitely a lot more comfortable with it. Um, meaning that it takes me, I'm getting more of that, like what I see in my mind, I can actually put down on paper. So now I think it's just about me practicing actual, um, techniques like shading and rendering and um just getting used to doing that because i haven't done that in a while right you can you can you now feel fairly comfortable that what you see in your mind you can at least get a rough approximation on paper right well it's pretty awesome you can do that after just five that's good or at least you feel like you have some improvement over just the course of doing five of these yeah and yeah. yeah, looking forward to doing more. Um, I still am not happy with this. I feel like this could have gone so much better. Okay. Oh, you even say it started off with so much promise. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but definitely feeling better than when I first started off. So even here, like when I look nice. at the first one, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> no, I, I love this project. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for indulging in a show after such a long week. It's, ah, I just can't wait to sleep now. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I I shan't dally any longer and you can go to sleep. I will have more gin.